Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal. Bill, another day of Republican primaries uh, across the nation. What do we know now, particularly after what I should have? Am I supposed to ask what's wrong with Kansas or what's right with Kansas? Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, what happened in Kansas is an incumbent who never had a challenge before got a challenge from a flawed, I'd say, uh, outsider challenger who still came within, what, seven or eight points, I think, to Pat Roberts. I think the, the, the kind of conventional view is the establishment has beaten back the Tea Party, the incumbents are winning right and left. There's some truth to that. If the establishment gets itself organized, outspends the insurgent candidates three to one, uh, they can squeak through by uh, half a point in Mississippi or seven points in Kansas. We'll see what happens in Tennessee tomorrow night. But these are flawed challengers. And I think the sentiment out there remains very anti-Washington. Uh, even among Republican primary voters, the sentiment is pretty anti-Republican leadership. And the main thing I would say is uh, Republican candidates across the country need to embody that sentiment in an authentic way. They really need to run as vehicles of change, not as, hey, if you like the McCain, Romney, Boehner, McConnell, Republican Party, there we're just going up there to kind of be part of that fine little machine that's just been humming along. They need to go up there and say, look, we respect the elders in the party, and we're not necessarily going to take them out, but we are forces for change. Uh, the But the fact is that when Republican primary voters are given the option, they're still choosing these, uh, quote, establishment candidates. Do you think that they're choosing the establishment, or do you think that they're voting strategically about November? Well, yeah, I think in some of these states they, they are worried about who will win November. And look, it gets hard to beat incumbents when they have a choice among challengers, uh, among new candidates, they do tend to want outsiders, fresh faces, younger candidates. In Georgia, mm, the businessman right. beats the 11-term congressman. Uh, in Nebraska, Ben Sass wins the 41-year-old uh, uh, Tea Party-friendly candidate wins over a more establishment-type uh, elected mm-hmm. person who's been an elected official. So I think the spirit of the party is very much the Tom Cottons, the Ben Sasses, the Joni Ernst. Um, and I think those guys and, and, and women will win in November and will help shape the new Republican conference uh, in, 20, in 2015. Uh, the it's it's, interest, it's interesting that you you look at uh, what's happening towards November. New poll numbers out today. With President Obama, the lowest poll ratings he's had in the new NBC Wall Street Journal polls. His foreign policy numbers are abysmal, mid thirties. Uh, and some people are arguing, like uh, Matt Lewis, uh, the writer, says the Republicans need to just shut up, say nothing, do nothing, stay out of the way, and the Democrats and President Obama will hand you the election in November. I think there's some truth to that, but, you know, the world doesn't just allow you to shut up and stay out of the way. So President Obama's going to issue presumably this executive order, the presidential amnesty, in effect, to work permits for four or five million people. The Republicans have to have a response. And I think we can talk for a minute about what that response could be. But also there will be a Congress in September. They'll come back into session. I think the Republican House should pass a few pieces of targeted legislation, certainly going after the bailout for the insurance companies and Obamacare. Uh, they have to handle continuing funding of the federal government. Um, then maybe they could go after the U.N. agencies that have behaved so disgracefully uh, in the Israel-Hamas uh, war. You know, there are three or four things they could do in Washington that will give a little more uh, impetus, I would say, to what I think will otherwise be a good Republican year. But I don't disagree that, on the whole, you don't want to put the fate of Republicans in November 2014 in the hands of Mitch McConnell and John Boehner. I don't say that out of any, you know, disrespect or, or disdain sure. for them. I just think it's very hard to manage things here against the president and, of course, a party that could also control the Senate. So a few...
targeted things here I think could help the candidates out around the country. The main thing is the candidates around the country, and they can run against Obama, and they will, and they are, and that should do a, that should be good for almost all of them. But I don't think it's quite good enough, especially in, in less than solid red states. And there you do also need to have the reform agenda, the positive vision, uh, in two ways. What you can do in 2015-16 to help stop Obama from doing more damage, uh, stop more executive orders like this, uh, put the sanctions back on Iran, begin to rebuild the military, just a few, so begin to, to mitigate the damage of Obamacare. And then obviously the real positive agenda, which could only take effect in, in 2017. So I think it's it's a little more complicated than just staying out of the way. But I, I also agree that you don't want the whole world to be fo- the whole country politically to be focused on a showdown between John Boehner and Mitch McConnell and Barack Obama on September 30th uh, of this year either. So a smart response for Republicans when President Obama does decide he's going to ignore the law and give de facto amnesty to five million people is what? Well, I think I think the House Republican one of the two bills the House passed last Friday night really addresses this pretty much as well as you can from Congress. It says, no, this is, we're not accepting this. This will be, if this bill were signed into law, we would overturn that executive order. Now, the bill's not going to be signed into law by Barack Obama, but I think that's probably the most the House can do in the short term. Next year, if the House, they control the House and the Senate, there might be more they can do in terms of funding cutoffs and, and other such things. For now, I think the key is for Senate Republicans to say, take up this House bill these two House bills. One of them addresses the border crisis pretty directly and intelligently and in a tough way, makes it easier to send people back, but but in a humane way as well. The other addresses the executive order that's coming. And if I, I think it's important that the Senate Republicans follow the lead of Jeff Sessions, really go to the floor of the Senate every day, try to make Harry bring up the bill, put pressure on the Mark Pryors and Kay Hagens in the world to explain why they're supporting, in effect, Harry Reid's refusal to bring up these two bills that the House Republicans have passed already. I don't know that there's much new stuff the House Republicans can do or should do, though I think from a sort of PR point of view, not PR, but from a real political point of view, they need to be ready the day President Obama issues that order to, to be on one page as much as possible and to say, this is exactly what we feared, it's why we passed this legislation on the Friday before we went out, we may we'll come back in and repass this legislation, maybe pass a slightly different version, maybe just reaffirm it, um, and remind people this is why we need a Republican Senate to go, join a Republican House in doing our best to stop these kinds of um, uh, presidential amnesties and other president, uh, instances of presidential overreach. The main thing is that they coordinate a message, and I've got to say, typically, they've all dispersed to the, you know, to the four winds. I have no impression that there are any phone conversations going on between John Boehner, Mitch McConnell, Jeff Sessions, Ted Cruz, uh, you know, other House right. members, House conservatives, candidates around the country, the Republican National Committee, the Republican Senatorial Committee, to try to coordinate a message for that day. Um, maybe, maybe if we talk about it here on the show, they'll all listen to this podcast and they'll decide <laughs> they better coordinate. I don't think it needs to be a very subtle message, right. but I don't think you want everyone running off in every direction some, you know, backbench congressman popping off in a stupid way, one way, someone else saying, oh, maybe we should actually, this is actually a good idea. And then, you know, then the media gets to cover, you know, on the one hand, uh, some lunatic on the right, and on the other hand, some squish in the the center. And it would be good in this case to have a coherent response, I think. And you think about coherent response, what is the number one challenge for Republicans? Their brand is damaged. It's it's a a terrible spot as a brand. The worst has been since uh, Watergate, at least. 
But nothing is good or bad except by comparison. And the, if there's an institution whose brand is worse than the Republicans, it's government itself. Bad, crummy, inept, fat, lazy, you know, overpriced government. What an opportunity to take the government's basic job, defend the border. They stink at it. The government gave you this health care system. Look, uh, we're looking at 10, 15, 20 percent you know, rate increases year to year. Uh, caring for our veterans. Look, all the opportunities, Bill, for the Republicans to say our brand is has always been the we're like you. We think government's not very good either team. Why not seize that moment with a coherent strategy of counterbalancing yourself with something you compare favorably against, which is the government? Well, I hope they're listening to you, but you said that very well, and I, I couldn't agree more, and that should be very much part of it. One reason to bring up the uh, insurance bailout in Obamacare is to get Obamacare front and center, and also it helps get the VA back into uh, people's uh, you know, uh, sites, mm-hmm. and they remember what government-provided health care is like. And I think you can do it in, in several other issues and, and broaden it out to a critique of big government and also a critique of the Obama administration. Why do we have this border crisis? I really do think, to a large measure, it is due to his own actions in 2012, and actually some of his actions even in 2011 when he sort of did the precursor to the exact, you know, he indicated and, and, and the enforcement agencies indicated they weren't going to enforce the law and, and in terms of deportation, and then they made that, they sort of codified that in 2012. And let's remind people about what the actual effect of actual things this president has done, whether it's in health care or in immigration, and say that the Republican Party, whatever its deficiencies, they can imply as a brand in the past, at least we know enough not to go down this road. So I, I agree. I don't think this needs to be a very complicated message in 2014. I think winning in 2016 is another story. There you need more of the positive reform agenda, the replacement of Obamacare, as well as the critique of it. But I think they can they, they a serious, as you say, anti-government conservative critique this year, you know, intelligently articulated, and one that connects to really what the House and Senate Republicans can do in 2015-16 to at least check Obama and then lay the groundwork for, for going beyond in 2017. I do think that, I think that could produce quite a good year. I, I would say, you and I talked about this, I think, in the last podcast, I, I do have the feeling, just looking at some stuff from around the country, that this could break into a pretty big Republican year, a um, little bigger than it looks like now. Obama's numbers remain are getting weaker. Uh, it's hard to you look around the world and you don't feel like this president's got much uh, of a grasp on anything much. The immigration issue is very big. I talked with two different candidates, uh, Republican Senate candidates from different parts of the country last night, just catching up with them, their friends. And um, they both, they don't even entirely agree between themselves on immigration in, as a matter of what we should ultimately do. But they both said the sense that the immigration, the border situation is out of control and the sense that this president partly caused it to be out of control and has no interest in dealing with it, that was coming up in their town hall meetings uh, all over the place. Immigration is a very big issue. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us for this Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.